along, as I said, with week 14. And uh, I hear my co-host breathing in the background. At least this time it's not like eating a sandwich or something. So, JT, what is that heavy breathing? <laughs> what the hell is all that? What's up? Well, I'm just, you know, I, I, you know, I, I never know when I jump on on the air with you what's going to happen. So I figured I'd give you something different since uh, and I really have to do this quick because I'm not sure if you're going to be able to stay and deal with the whole program. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. You know what? That might be the case, but you ain't got to put it out there like that, you loser. Anyway. Well, there and, and and you're the one losing, you're the one losing, and we get we you know, if you come come on my show uh, which is 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time called the Master Plan on on Sunday, uh we can we can talk about it. But it's like this, Mister FSP, you are trending down, not up. And, okay. And that side tells me you know I'm right. No, no, the side says, I knew you was going to bring this up, and you're going to distract from the conversation just like Donald no, no, Trump. UFC. So, I, I'm not this UFC about, uh, and the reason why is because you know why. It's not women. It's not women. <laughs> but there are some women on the card, just to let you know. Okay, okay, but no headliners. Um, and, but that doesn't mean anything because... For the most part, they, in my opinion, give you a more exciting fight. But that's just my opinion. They do. They do. I mean, I'm not going to... Excuse me. I apologize. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The women are, you know, very aggressive, very talented, and they will give you a a, a, um, technical fight along with an entertaining fight. Uh, Even the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu lady fighters are um you know they're into entertaining. Now I know there are some fights where I've seen women get so bloody, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. How is she gonna look good in a couple of days or after this is over with? You know, but I'm telling you, this this main card and a couple of fights on the on the undercard uh for UFC one ninety four is going to be Outstanding. So I want to jump into that real quick. Um, I know you won't have much to say, but you will have something to say. I guarantee that. Um, let's start with the undercard. The prelims are on uh, Fox Sports 1, um, beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. And um, two two of the fights. I'm going to talk about the ladies fighting first because I know that will get your attention That'll get something going because you're such a little terrible person. Um, we have the number five ranked 115-pound uh, 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 contender, uh, Tasia the Tiny Tornado Torres versus Jocelyn Jones Leibarger. Um Both are very well uh i guess i'm not going to say well rounded but um torres is 6 and 0 all of her fights have ended in a decision jones lieberger is 6 and 1 
And uh, one of those wins was by submission. The other uh, five have been by decision. Now, on the outside, this seems like a very boring fight. Why? Because these women go to the decision. They, They go all three rounds. But that doesn't mean anything. Okay, um, this is Jones Liber. I want to say just her first hyphenated part of her name, Jones Liebarger. It's her first uh, fight in the UFC, um, but she has fought outside of of this octagon, and it's pretty decent. I mean, she's no slouch. You know, she. I believe this young lady is a. Um, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tactician, and that's why I was talking about you can uh, be a person female-wise and be uh, interesting or entertaining with BJJ. Um, today, or earlier today for me, which was late last night for you guys, uh, there were a few um, fights for the Tough Enough finale that showcased a wonderful group of guys for BJJ uh, and they were just rolling all over the place and, and doing all types of takedowns and, and stuff like that and if not for that it would have been a boring fight the different styles but you're facing the number 5 ranked uh, 115 pound weight class contender in Torres and the young lady is is pretty good. Um, she has a sixty inch reach. Okay, sixty inches—that's not bad for a. a I'm not, I don't want to say diminutive, but when you're six one, I mean sixty one inches, um, and you have a sixty inch reach, you're tall. You're just as your reach is just as tall as your height. That that says something. That means you're, you have some long arms, and she can probably keep her at bay. Uh, she lands 4.27 uh, strikes per minute, which is pretty unheard of for a uh, for a fighter. You know, um, that that's pretty good. You know, um, defense. She can be taken down, but um, she's pretty good at, at that defense at 69.95, pretty much 70 percent. Um, but she, I, I want to say this, Jerry would not be disappointed if Jerry saw this fight. He would probably like, uh, slow wrestling with the ladies, like he's a ladies man or something. Cause that's just what Jerry does. I'm not going to defend his nasty actions, but that's what he does. So anyway, I think that's going to be a good fight. Um, also, on UFC Fight Pass, Cord uh, McGee versus uh, Alexandria notice is a pretty people. good fight. Notice, what? people, that he's uh, lambasting me right in front of my face. <laughs> and, 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 and I would be remiss in my manhood in letting him do this to me without responding. You have already. You You have already. You opened up the show attacking me. So, you know, I just I gave you a little bit back. You. I didn't attack you. I, You know, it, it, it's attacking, and then it's called telling the truth. And when I oh tell my you, God. 
And when I tell the truth, You're which I've been trying, which I try to tell you in the in the last few months, last few weeks, I'm sorry, last few weeks, which is basically coming true, uh, and basically no, or saw saw the the future, and it's coming true. Um, now he's Miss Cleo, number three seed versus who, me. Oh, I think I'm the number two seed. Um, uh, and I think I I told you that. Um, and this is the last week for that to change, and it ain't changing. It, it is what it is. <clears throat> and I'll have a bye. Well, I won't have a bye, but it doesn't make a difference. No, you won't. Whoever I'm facing, unfortunately, I may be facing um, the one person I do not want to face uh, starting the first round. But it's okay. strategic. It's called strategic planning on my part. But yeah. we're talking about UFC right now. We're not well, talking about. I'm, I'm very anxious. Cut. I'm very anxious to see this fight. Um, uh, the female, yeah, fight. right? Absolutely, absolutely. Because I, I'm I'm looking at the uh, statistics, and it looks like it's going to go to distance. Because neither one of these these women uh, look like they have KO power. So or no, submission. No. Well, I have to disagree with you because what I'm seeing here and the percentage of of what they've been able to do to get their wins. It it it's leaning heavily toward a decision. So, oh yeah, depending oh, on yeah. how the score points is, it, it it looks like it's going to go the uh, uh, maximum rounds, and the judge it's going to have to go to the judges. That's that's what I see. Well, I, I agree with you. I'm not saying that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is I hope it does not happen that way. Um, but either way, the women's fights are very entertaining. Um, but I'm just going to highlight a few fights per section. And as I said, for the UFC fight pass, the early prelims that, you know, pretty much there'll be nobody in the building for, um, Cord McGee takes on, um, a, a very tough and, uh, aggressive, uh, Mauricio Leota Alexandre, who's 13 and two from Brazil another BJJ person, Cord the Crusher. Um, this guy is very well-rounded. He's 16 and four, right? 31% by KO, 38% by by submission, and 31% by decision. Um, I've seen Court fight. Court can be a very dynamic fighter, and um, it just depends on how he comes out and attacks. He's a... Uh, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy too, but I think Court's best uh, ability is is getting you on the ground and getting you in compromising positions. He can slug with you, but that's not his forte. Uh, Mauricio, he's a slugger, straight up and down. 77% of his 13 wins have come by KO. One by submission, one by decision. Um, and again, say again. It's a KO, uh, unfortunately for Court McGee. Looks like he's going down. I disagree. I disagree. I think Court can uh, find a way to get this guy in a position where he is the uh, is the victor. But you never know. I mean, you have to get UFC fight pass to see this very early, early prelim, and it's actually the first fight of the night. Um, 
on this entire card. Let's go up to the um, back up to the uh, prelims on Fox Sports One. We're going to have as the headliner Uriah Faber, the California kid, taking on Frankie Sanchez. Now Uriah is a fourth ranked 135 pounder, and Frankie is the 13th rank. Now Uriah has been in a lot of fights and in a lot of wars. He's 32 and eight. Whereas Frankie's uh, eleven and two. I don't want to say it, um, but maybe, just maybe, it's time for Uriah to continue his uh, his foyer into training and developing fighters. Because yes, the man has skills. He has great skills. However, a lot of these younger fighters are coming in and. Um, Showing them, hey, look, dude, you're you're past your time. Um, will that happen in this fight? I don't think so. But this is a fight that I would have said, okay, Uriah get, gets rid of him in the first or second round. I see this going the distance, just to be honest with you. Um, Frankie has over half of his wins by decision, okay? Uriah likes to put you to sleep. Or he likes to uh, make you tap. You know, over half of his 32 wins, you know, you know, 16.1 or 16.2 percent of his wins, because he has 32, have come by submission. Um, I don't know if he still has that submission game with him uh, with some of these younger guys. With that being said, excuse me, I'm, I'm going to let Uriah get this W. But say again. Are we keeping you up? Shut up, Jerry. You know what time it is where I am. You are such a jerk sometimes. That's okay. You know it's like almost three thirty in the morning, but I'm still here. Hey, look, geriatric. I haven't called you geriatric in a while. So yeah, you're geriatric. But anyway, let's 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 um. The damn thing. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Where's Miss Taylor? At? We'll ask. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to the, the to the regular card. Now, I want. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to highlight the two championship matches. Um, even though I believe every fight on the main card is worth your money. Um, Souza versus Romero is a good fight. Uh, Holloway versus Stevens, you know, that has potential being fight of the night because both of those guys love to throw, and they are both talented. Um, Maya versus Nelson is a good fight. This is a a good way to put a stamp on the um, end of the year for UFC. But let's talk about the middleweight title fight, whereas the champion, Chris Weidman, who uh, – I think his last fight versus was versus Leota Machida, uh, where he uh, just totally destroyed Leota after I believe five rounds or four rounds, whatever. I can't remember what it was. But um, Chris Weidman is also the man. If you and I know you, Jerry, don't remember this because you, Jerry, don't follow anything except the women. I like um, this. Guy. I remember this guy. I like this guy, Chris Weidman. Absolutely, Weidman. Absolutely. Yes. 
yeah. whatever. Right. White women, <laughs> whatever. All, all American. I absolutely remember this guy. Undefeated. Uh, and I think he's still undefeated against this number one contender, Rockhold. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Tell me. I like I like Luke Rockhold, but I don't think he's going to beat Chris Weidman. Um, but I do believe he's going to probably test Chris Weidman the 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 best that he's seen thus far. Um, and I've noticed some tendencies with Weidman that Lock, uh, Rockhold can expose. Um, but let me go over the tell of the tape a little quick. Um, Rockhold is fourteen and two. Weidman's thirteen and zero. Weidman will put you out. Forty six percent of his wins have come by KO. I'm thirty one by uh, decision, twenty three by submission. Luke, as I said, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Luke is a fifty seven percent submission specialist. He's a wrestler though, just like Daniel Cormier. He's a top-notch wrestler, and he trains with Daniel Cormier as well as Cain Velasquez. So he has the skills to pay the bills and the talent in his corner to help him achieve the title. Um, Chris Weidman, in his last fight, his his gas tank kind of you know, ran out a little bit, but he still won the fight because he had dominated the first three of the five rounds. Um but he has to be prepared for five straight hard grueling rounds versus Luke Rockhold. Uh, I don't see this ending in KO. I don't see it in a submission. I see it in a decision. Um, I think Weidman has a great shot of of um, dominating the fight in the last couple rounds if his gas tank can can stay full. If not, if he comes out in the fourth round rather sluggish and tries to take that round off, Luke Rockhold will steal this fight. Um, again, when you train with Cormier, you train with Cain Velasquez, champions. Luke Rockhold is a former champion as well. But when you train with those two guys, you learn more than a little bit. Um, and they, they're training all the time together. So you pick up things. And if Chris Weidman isn't careful, if he isn't careful, this will be the last title defense he'll have. Um, but I think Rockhold um, will give him a great fight. I think he'll go down. Um, but it'll be the toughest uh, competition Weidman has faced since gaining that title. Um, any thoughts on this fight real quick, JT? I told you who I liked. I like Chris Weidman. Weidman, Weidman, White. whatever. Weidman, Thank you. The All American. Like oh jeez. Oh my God. Knockout probably in the third round. I don't even think it's going to go to distance. Okay. All right. Well, a fight that I don't think is going to go the distance, but uh, uh, some prognosticators say it will, is the featherweight title fight. Now this is the one where Jerry has got to be excited, even if he pretends that he's not. We have the champion. Who wait, is, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Let me get this straight. Is this the guy that 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 took the championship, um, and he's like the interim champ? Am I right about that? Yes. Oh man, I can't wait for Jose Aldo to get in the ring and shut this big ass mouth up. 
is Josie, not Jose, but go ahead. What a Josie, whatever his name is. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't, no. Wait, I can't stand this guy. Oh, my God. What, uh, remember you tell me you're a stickler for names, but that's like the fourth name. You've been like, whatever. I just want you to remember that. I just want you to remember that senility. Joe's. 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 Aldo. Josie. Aldo, uh, nicknamed Junior from Brazil. Shut this Irishman up, please. Please. He oh, is a disgrace to UFC. He is an absolute no, not. Big, big mouth. Big, big, Listen. big mouth. You know, I, th- I thought I was a big mouth. I thought I talked a lot well, of you garbage. Are. You do. But this guy is is me tenfold. Oh, my God. I can't stand this guy. I hope he Listen. shuts him up. I hope he shuts him up. The guy Jerry's talking about that he can't stand so uh, much is Connor, the notorious McGregor. And um, here's the deal. Uh, what a jerk! As I told you, as I told you before, Josie has been undefeated for the past ten years, um, but he also has not been in the ring or in the octagon, uh, you know, a lot. And because he was scheduled to fight Connor a while ago, but uh, had an injury, Connor had to fight the number three contender for the interim title. You know, and, and he defeated him. He defeated his opponent by stoppage. I believe it was by KO, um, and won the title. And of course, Josie was like, "Okay, well, he had to bow the fight because he got injured." And um, now he's, quote-unquote, fully healed and ready to defend his title. Unfortunately, Conor McGregor is one of those guys that has relentless, relentless attacks. Now, well, Josie has speed and agility on his side. He, and it's well-documented, in his fights, especially championship fights, fourth round, fifth round, he prefers to coast, and he pretty much gives away the last two rounds. He cannot do that with Conor McGregor because Conor McGregor is one of those fighters that, okay, I miss a few times, but once I get a hold of you, it's it's going to be blood, and it's going to be difficult. Um, now, technically, technically, I think Josie is the better fighter. I really do, technically. Um, but Connor has tried to be very emotional and make this very personal with uh, Josie. And he's talked himself into the position of getting uh, title fights and being a, a big draw for the UFC. And he hasn't disappointed um, unfortunately, um, all the talk in the world isn't going to help you in that octagon when the, when the cage closes and you're in there with somebody that's technically better than you. He's going to have to outthink and outsmart him. It has to be a game of chess for Connor. If Connor wants to win this fight, he needs to wear down Josie. Because remember, Josie has not been in the octagon say, um, a year or so. Um, 
mainly because of his age and training and all that other stuff. So this will be the first fight that Josie has had in almost a year, which is defending his title. Connor has been in the limelight and in the octagon, you know, fairly regularly. So he's going to have to push the, well, Josie will push the pace, but he needs to get a hold of Josie and, you know, lay on him pretty much, make this a boring fight, make this a fight that, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to beat him up a little bit. And when I take him to the fourth and fifth round, I'm going to drown him. Um, that's the way I see Connor winning this fight. Um, and I do think Connor will win this fight either by KO or stoppage um, or decision. I don't think he's going to submit him, but I think if he takes him into the deeper rounds, he's going to make him pay. I, um, I can't stand this guy, man. Ugh. Just because he's a loudmouth? Oh, uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's a jerk. He's a jerk. And he I mean, shouldn't have the. He shouldn't really have the title. <clears throat> Listen, that sounds like your boy Floyd to me. But yet you, you dog me out. No, 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 no. It's totally yeah, I mean, different. That. Totally no, it different. isn't. No, he's the interim freaking champ. Don't. Here we go. Here we go. Another. Here we go. Jumping on that hate train again. Go ahead. No, go ahead. There is no hate train. There is no hate train. All I'm saying. All I'm saying is that you sound like you sound like the way I sound when it when it when it comes to when it comes to Floyd. That's that's what you sound like. That's all I'm saying. That's all I said. Had fought all comers. Had fought all comers. All champions that he. And that's what Connor did. That's what Connor did. So what you're gonna say about him? He didn't. I think he did. Let me ask you something. In all the fights that were champion fights, after the fight, and, and, and quite naturally Floyd won him because he hasn't been defeated, was he ever, tell me, was he ever an interim champion? Listen, Floyd has been stripped of his titles because he wouldn't fight. No, 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 you don't. No, you don't. Floyd has been stripped. Yes or no? You listen. No, 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 no. That that isn't a yes or no answer because been Floyd, Floyd, Floyd has, been, has been stripped champion? of his titles because he, he, he didn't fight the mandated number ones. That's why Floyd has never had to be interim or anything like that because he never fought the mandatory number ones for, I believe, the WBC and the IBA. So they stripped him of his titles. So there's a difference there, buddy. And fighting all comers, and you know, he's fighting your mandate challenge. And he's had a a a title that he held what, that as an interim. It, but he, but, by the, but by he also the way, had titles stripped from him. Title, Mr. Conor McGregor. But it's they not a real title. It's an interim uh, a championship. I think he had to fight for it. I think he had to fight for it. If you win no. it, you're not going to be the full fledged. Champion, you're going to be the interim in, 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 until uh, um, the real champion comes back, which is BS. Which well, is you know, it, you know it, that's better. That's better than stripping a title from from Floyd Mayweather and giving it to Bradley, like the boxing world did. Stripping Floyd of another title and giving it to another person that he was supposed to fight. 
So well, there's a big difference. No, 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 no. We're talking about fighting, fighting for titles, right? Fighting for titles. Smoke and mirrors. There's two ways of doing it. The one the way they did it. Oh in, my in, God. And the other way they did it in UFC, giving a soft opponent, so it appears like you didn't they're get not a soft getting, opponent. You got you had the number two and number three contenders. How is that soft? How is that they're soft? Giving, they're giving a, a soft contender who really oh, in reality, my goodness. reality and, and, and you know, and who's making these these um, uh, uh, rankings. So they have somebody that's two and three. That doesn't mean the guy that's three is 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 a, a no match for number two. So given a, a soft match, so we're not going to give this interim title to you. You're going to have to fight, but we're going to give you somebody that we know you can beat. So so you can be the interim. So the number two guy, the number two guy, in 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 the in the uh, in the rankings is a soft guy. Versus a number three, I believe Connor was number five, if 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 I'm not mistaken. Connor was number five, and he totally destroyed the number two contender. Okay. Just like okay. in fantasy, just All like right. in fantasy, just because you're ranked higher than another uh, uh, um, team, and I know you're gonna, I know what what are you gonna say as soon as I say this, but it, it's okay, because I told you this a few <laughs> weeks ago that you you were a weak number two. And it's proven that you are. So, no, this it's can not. translate to what I'm talking about in the UFC. You may be ranked in a certain uh, uh, um, higher than another person, but in reality, we all know that that person's a weaker, um, say, number two versus a number five. So we're giving number five a shot. Now, why would you give a number five the shot to, to with a number two versus a number three and two? So if you have the champion suspended, okay, or out for whatever reason, and you want to um, put an interim title holder in that spot, the logical choice, in my opinion, not two and five, not two and four, not two and whoever, two and three. Those are the two two logical people decide who wants to be the interim number one. No, UFC in their infinite wisdom goes two and five. And the five, if I'm not mistaken, was Mr. Conor McGregor because they figured he had a better shot to win no. over the two than the he, three did. Okay, but here's the deal. Who yes. sold tickets? Conor. No, listen. Conor McGregor was scheduled to fight for the title. He was already scheduled to fight for the title. No, no, no. About listen, listen, listen. I, I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But I'm trying to mm-hmm. explain to you so you understand. Because, of course, in your senility, so you don't whoa, whoa. understand. Back, back, beep, beep, back so, up. Back up. So, that Connor, no, I'm listen, not... I'm trying to explain to you. I'm trying to explain it to you since you don't understand. Connor was already signed to fight for the title. Okay. <laughs> When he was the fifth-ranked person, he was already signed to fight Josie. Josie had to back out because of an injury. So instead of going two versus three and removing the guy from his already obligated title fight, they gave the next person, which was the number two-ranked contender, the opportunity to fight for the title, the interim title. 
against the number five guy who had already signed to fight for the title. Why are you going to penalize somebody that already has a signed contract, didn't mess up, was not his fault, and say, okay, well, you know what? I'm not going to let you fight for the title anymore because you're not fighting Josie. We're going to put two and three in there, and then you got to fight him, the winner of that. Then if you win that one, you get to fight Josie. No. That, that, that my friend, would be boxing and the convolution of the system. If you already have a signed contract, if you already have a signed contract to fight for the title, why will I penalize you? Why would I penalize you for the title? Not to fight one specific person for the title, for a guy who had an injury and couldn't fight. So that contract, in, 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 in essence, is null and void because that person can't fight. So there's no Unless contract. Unless you find a replacement. Not, in, no. in, yes, in, in, in the UFC, in the UFC. You're not fighting the champion. You're not fighting. You're not fighting. You're fighting. You're fighting for the title. You're you're fighting for the title. It's a title. It's not like in boxing. If if uh, it's not. If the champion can't fight, if the champion can't fight, the fight is off. That that's what happens. Don't need to argue. The champion can't. Well, I'm 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 explaining it because you don't know the nuances of it. I I I know what what happened. You don't have to explain. I just explained. I have to explain to you because you thought you thought you knew. You thought you knew just like you thought you knew about the rankings. Victor, Just like you thought you knew about the rankings. That's all I'm Victor, saying. Victor, you don't have to explain it to me. I'm not stupid. I understand exactly what I'm saying. I'm not saying you're stupid. Slow, maybe, but not stupid. I understand exactly what you're saying, but you're not understanding what I'm saying. Because I, I, I know exactly what happened. I understand. I understand what happened. To me, it doesn't, I don't think it doesn't, understands, ladies and gentlemen. Women, to me, it doesn't make any sense, but... It is what it is. This is the way they decided to go with what? it. Guy, how come it doesn't make any sense? In boxing, if the two Wait, fighters can't fight, if one or two fighters my, can't fight, they cancel the, the fight. You're not listening to what I'm saying. In my opinion, it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't doesn't make it that I don't understand it. I understand it, but to me, it doesn't make any sense. That's my opinion. It is. Okay? It is. It is. And you know what? You just remind me of a movie I saw today. And it's, uh, I believe it's called uh, on, on, on the Bottom of the Sea or the Depths of the Sea. It's, you know, it's the Moby Dick story pretty much, right? Okay. And if you haven't seen it, it's a pretty good movie. Ron Howard did a very good job directing it. And Chris okay. Helmsworth did a, a good job in it as well. Um, but Thor. Yes, Thor. And mm-hmm. pretty much, it, in a nutshell, you did what just happened in the movie. You know, let, let let me just cover my tracks. Let me backtrack and tap dance a little bit. No. And, you know, let, let's look, make sure look, look. that the, the story I, I, of the I big white well doesn't happen. And, and admit, let, me, let me break it down to you. It seems like you don't understand what I'm saying now. You're killing the time. Let's go to football. <laughs> I understand what took place. Agree with it, but I understand what took place. That's basically right. what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Okay. Maybe. I know. I know. Trying to explain to a, a two-year-old. And, and, you, and you know what? 
what happens, uh, Victor? Last week, um, it cut me off exactly the time that the show was scheduled for. When really? I took over, when I took over for you, it absolutely did. Um, so okay. understand that if it's a hour and a half show, and I have to take over for you, it's going to be it's an hour, hour, and a half. <laughs> hour and a half. I got you. I got you. Because you're the, you're the original host, but if I take over, it's going to be whatever the time is. Because I got I cut got off. Well, you know, the computer even knew you were a bunch of hot air. So they said, enough of this. <laughs> okay. All right. you, know, you know what? You know what? You don't want me to go there. You don't want me to go there. <laughs> Shut up, dude. Shut up. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go to... I, you had be to quiet. Be quiet. You know, Let's go to Baltimore. Be careful. Let's go to Baltimore. Let's go to Baltimore. There's always another Stop. bullet. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Help me, please. Let's go to go Baltimore. Right As Seattle travels to Baltimore. And, um, do we have to okay, here's a, yes, we do. We do have to talk about it. Why? Because the fantasy implications and the fantasy playoffs and in our situation, whereas week 14 begins uh, or is the last uh, regular season game, it could have major implications. Um, you, not me. Well, no, it's for, it's for everybody. Now, I strategically, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm not saying I sandbagged or I you know, did certain things, but I in particular, just like you, did not want to play the number eight or number seven uh, ranked players in this fantasy league because they have become very hot in our league. Um, their their draft picks. People, right? You hear this? Say again. You hear, you hear what he's saying here, people? You well, hear? I'm, 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 I'm to explain it. A, I'm going to explain it. He's being a low life. And not giving <laughs> and not giving his all every week. No, listen, listen, listen. You listen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We're going to go to Seattle, Baltimore, but I'm going to explain something real quick um, before I go to that game because it's very important that you understand this. Um, I understand. Once a person, once a person locks in. Once a person locks in their fantasy playoff spot, this is my philosophy anyway. I don't know about Jerry's philosophy. But once once a person locks in their fantasy playoff spot, you know, like if, if they're me, they do it four weeks before the uh, season ends. You start to size up. I mean, you, you've just got to – but you start to size up the competition in and who may or may not be in the playoffs. And then you say, okay, well, you know what? I'll have a better chance of advancing if I face this person versus a more difficult uh, opponent. So you start to position yourself a certain way. Now, again, a lot of teams in the NBA, they call this tanking. A lot of teams in the NFL, they call this tanking. But those teams actually a great strategy because they're trying to get better positioning for draft picks or whatever the case may be. And, you know, hey, it is what it is. But let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Seattle Seahawks. 
Now, Seattle fits into this whole strategy that I'm talking about. They're having their last-minute run of the season to see if they can become playoff-bound. Right now, I believe they, they're sitting at the uh, eighth and final spot of the wild, uh, of the NFC wild cards. If everything were to end today, they would be number eight seed, and they would travel to D.C. to take on the Redskins. Uh, whereas Minnesota would be the number seven seed, uh, and they would go to who is the number three seed? Um, I believe the three seed is wow. It's the yeah the Packers. Thank you very much, the Packers, because uh, you know in the same division and Minnesota's run into a very rough spot right now. They're dealing with a whole bunch of injuries, and uh, you know it has been kind to them, a bit, very much like my team. However. Um, they are still in the playoffs. It would take a catastrophic final three weeks of the NFL uh, for Minnesota not to make the playoffs. So with that being said, um, Seattle is holding on to that spot, and I don't think they're going to lose that spot. They're going to make the playoffs, which can be very dangerous for a lot of the teams um, that are in the playoff hunt or has uh, are sureins for the playoffs, I'm talking about uh, the Carolina Panthers, who will be the number one overall seed, especially if they continue to win out. And I predicted a week or so ago, about two weeks ago, that Carolina would go undefeated this season. The only real challenge I see them having is with Atlanta, because they play Atlanta twice. But Atlanta, for some reason, back half of the season has been god-awful. But anyway, Seattle travels to Baltimore, where Baltimore, they're they're just playing to finish out the season. Their number one targeted receiver is also their starting running back. Um, Mr. Allen, who I got off waivers, uh, and thank goodness I did, because a lot of my uh, backs have either mysteriously gone down or they went to IR, and I'm like, what in the world's going on? But anyway, Allen was targeted, I believe, seven times in the passing last week, and he rushed the ball about 17 times uh, last week in the, in the run game. He's going to have to do a lot more of that this week against a Seattle Seahawks defense that is hungry. And for whatever reason, come to the form, they got rid of Kerry Williams. If you remember, Kerry Williams uh, was a Philadelphia Eagle. He was a former Baltimore Raven. And for whatever reason, after last week's game against Arizona, he was cut. I I don't know why. I believe that Pete Carroll just said, okay, his nickelback was better than Williams, and Williams couldn't keep a spot at his salary, so they let him go. But the running game, Mr. Rawls, has come in and been quite satisfactory for this uh for the Seattle defense, I mean, for the Seattle offense. That was the missing ingredient in Seattle's gameplay, a strong running game. That is what they needed. They have that now. Uh, Baldwin has become, okay, well, I'm not going to get you a bunch of touch, I mean, a bunch, of, a bunch of catches, but I'll get you touchdowns, and I'll get you some yards. But 
don't expect me to get like six or seven targets and, you know, 150 yards and a touchdown. I'll get you maybe 50, 60 yards and two touchdowns in a game. That's what he's been averaging pretty much the past couple of weeks. Um, and against his porous Baltimore secondary, I see it happening again. Um, Russell Wilson, he's become a hot commodity again. Uh, for those of you that picked up Luke Wilson in place of Jimmy Graham, this might be an opportunity for you to uh, start Luke Wilson against that Baltimore's uh, defense. Their front seven, they're good, but they can't cover the tight end. Um, do I think they're going to need to throw it to the tight end? Yes, I do. I really do. Um, but I look for a Baltimore Raven Raven team to dink and dunk and go laterally against a very fast and well-equipped Seattle defense. Um, so the only person I'm really going to tell you to play in this game would be Allen, the running back for Baltimore. Now, will he get you tons of yards in the passing and running game combined? Yes. But in the run game, I don't expect him to do much. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, again, Baldwin looks like he's going to be a PPR machine this week. Um, Russell Wilson and Luke Wilson. Uh, Rawls, I don't think he's going to get over 100. He'll be effective, but I don't think he's going to get over 100. And that is key when you're in your playoffs or if you're in, <clears throat> excuse me, the hunt for a playoff spot. Because right now, you need your, your big guns or your main players to step up and show up. And this game, you don't have much, but it could be impactful for a lot of people. JT. I like Seattle. I don't even know we go, go go into this. I, I like Seattle in this game. It's a no-brainer. Worst, one of the worst passing offenses, and Russell Wilson's been lighting it up over the last three weeks. Um, and uh, I just saw that uh, um, the Ravens' left tackle, Eugene Moreau, is going to the IR. I mean, just another uh, um, important cog in their offense um, that goes down. Uh, it's, they just packed it. They packed it thing in a, a few weeks ago um, after Flacco went down. Seattle easily. All right. Do you think there will even be a packed stadium or half capacity stadium for this? Well, well, because of Seattle, I think that they're going to have a lot of crowd in here uh, because of Seattle, and the, the Baltimore Raven fans are, are pretty loyal, so um, they're a good, good, um, a reasonable ticket. Even if uh, there's not season tickets holders, I'm pretty sure it's going to be quite a few people in the stands just to come to a football game. And it promises to be uh, very good weather. Um, right now, I think I'm close to the 60s, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the middle of December. So, uh, and they're south of me, and I can just believe that it's going to be at least five or ten degrees warmer. I would think they uh, they would come out and enjoy a football game in this weather. We'll see. Let's go to Charlotte, North Carolina, as the Carolina Panthers host. The Atlanta Falcons. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't explain what has happened with Atlanta. The defense has done a fairly decent job. The offense just can't seem to find the end zone. Matty Ice is starting to turn the ball over. Um, coincidentally, 
a lot of their issues have come because Devontae Freeman has been slowed. Uh, whether it's been an injury or teams have keyed in on him and decide, okay, well, we're going to let Matty Ice try to defeat us with just Julio Jones. And I say just Julio Jones because Roddy White has been a non-factor. Um, their number three wide receiver is Leonard Hankerson, and he's on the IR. Jacob Tammy was hot for maybe a week or two, and he's cooled off. But there's nothing much that the offense of um, Atlanta can do. Now, again, in the beginning of the season, letting Mr. Smith go as the head coach seemed like a good idea. But the same result is happening with the new Atlanta coach, a collapse in the second half, even more so this year as Atlanta came to buy a win. They're going into a hot uh, Carolina Panthers team uh, home in Carolina, and Cam Newton and this no-name, really non-catching receiving core has found a way to get the job done mainly by defense. But I will say this. Carolina was in really big trouble last week versus the Saints. Really big trouble. Cam Newton found a way to come from behind and put up, I think, almost 40 points and and win the game. He had five touchdowns. Five. That's amazing for Cam Newton with a group of, of characters that aren't that good. Greg Olson is his number one target and best target, most reliable target. You know, Jonathan, he's become a reliable running back, even though Mike Tolbert's been sprinkled in there a few times, uh, work, but Cam Newton is amazing. Now, this week, Cam faces an Atlanta secondary that gives up a lot of yards. A lot. But I caution you. I caution you, fantasy owners, especially if you're in the playoffs or you're going to the playoffs. Don't think last week is going to be the norm for Cam Newton, okay? Don't think that. I honestly believe that this is going to be a game that Cam Newton does well but not spectacular. Maybe in a PPR, especially one that's run by me, he might get you 25, 30 points this week. Because I think it's coming out. Atlanta wants to be a team that you know puts a dent in the armor of the undefeated team, and Cam and his uh, Panthers seemingly come out slugging. They are reactionary against teams that they should beat. That's the point. They came out thinking they could just walk all over New Orleans. They did. New Orleans came out firing and. You know, put a fire under that butt. Atlanta's in a very similar situation with more talent, might I add. Okay? But I think Cam is going to be able to just let this be a slugfest with um, the running backs, Stewart versus uh, Freeman. I think he's going to be content with that because the secondary and the defense of the Carolina Panthers is, is, is just that good that uh, is going to have to be a running attack versus running attack game. I don't think this is going to be a high-passing game. 
I think fantasy-wise, Julio Jones is going to help you, but it's not going to be one of those big games where you're like, oh, great, Julio's going to, you know, stand out for me. No, I don't think that's going to happen. If you got Matty Ice, you know, I would actually say maybe look at a different quarterback this week. He has a very tough matchup, and it's not going to be pretty. Um, I do believe Carolina's going to win this game. It's going to be a lot closer than some people are predicting it to be. But fantasy-wise, you know, yeah, you can play Cam, but if you, like me, had Carson Palmer or Ben Roethlisberger or somebody like that who has an easier opponent, I would play them. That's just me. Uh, but, JT, your thoughts on this game? Carolina. Wow. He's in his one-word mode because he's trying to save everything for the master plan, which airs at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. And I understand he's a little Oscar the Grouch right now. But the, the reason I'm not talking about it because we got a lot of games to go through, and it looks like we're probably going to go into overtime and catch him. And this game, yeah. to me, is a, is a yawner. Uh, and I'll say this. Okay, you want me to say something about this? I'll say this. I'm not going to say anything. But, but no, because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Um, the wake-up call for Carolina Panthers was what happened in New Orleans. That's the most points of the uh, any team has scored against the Panthers all year. 35 points, or whatever it was, it was a crazy amount of points. Um, they're not going to go in. Uh, they're not going to go home uh, with Atlanta coming in. A hated division rival. These two teams do not like each other, and they're division rivals. And be caught off guard like they got caught off guard in in, in New Orleans. I guarantee it. I think that that refocused them, that they just can't walk into a stadium, whether it's their own stadium or a visitor stadium, and just show up and win um, against a division rival. Uh, New Orleans almost almost took that uh, zero from their loss column or put a one in that loss column. They're not going to let Atlanta do it easily, so they're going to become focused and they're going to become ready to play right out of the gate um, and, and with a purpose. And I think this game's not close. Okay, let's move on to Washington versus Chicago. This is a very big game for the Washington Redskins, who actually held held their own fate in their hands um, and literally fumbled it away at the end of the game versus the Cowboys. Now, I disagree with it being a fumble, but the refs could not overturn it because because uh, the call on the field was a fumble, and it was not inconclusive evidence, even though a wrist and a forearm constitute, you know, when it's on the ground, constitutes being down. And that's what I saw. But, hey, that's not a bias. That's what I saw. But they hit to Chicago where the Redskins have not won on the road at all this year. Um, and three of their last five games are on the road, uh, beginning with this one. Toast. Toast. However... However, I do believe, just like last week where they lost at home for the first time, they went on the road this week for the first time. Jake Cutler and company, they're without Martellus Bennett. That means Zach Miller is a starting tight end. Zach Miller's a little nicked up himself, which is, you know, um, interesting enough. But you have A. Royal, who's nicked up. Uh, Wilson who's questionable or maybe even out, and all Sean Jeffries. Not to mention you have Matt Forte and Lankford, 
um, which are two dynamic backs for for uh, Chicago. But Chicago's secondary, it is worse than ever. Not meaning that the players are worse. It's just people are injured. They don't have the the manpower to go against and face a high-powered offense. Not saying the Redskins offense is high-powered. Not at all. That's what you just sounded like. However, however, I think if the Redskins have the game plan of running the rock versus this porous Chicago defense, they can set up the play-action pass with Pierre, with um, – with uh, Jackson, and last week Jackson only had two catches, two catches for, like, I believe 62 yards and one touchdown, which is a terrible use of the player because the quarterback can't get it out there to him. And this would be a team, Chicago Bears, that you would want to exploit of Deshaun Jackson because he will be open like 7-11 all game long. The problem is the quarterback can't get it out to him on a consistent basis, and teams can double-team him, play over and under, and let him run because the quarterback can't get it within those tight windows or throw it down the sideline deep enough and long enough on a consistent basis to get the job done. What does that also mean? That means that Jake Reed, not Jake, gosh, thinking about old time, that uh, Jordan Reed, should have some opportunities to get some targets and some catches. Last week, for whatever reason, they didn't feature him. He had maybe, what, six or seven targets, and he only caught two or three of them. Uh, But that shouldn't be the case in this game. He should ball out for Chicago Bears, okay? Now, the the Redskins can't make up their mind whether they want to do Matt Jones or Alfred Morris. To me, that's a mistake, both backs need the ball, and they need to run hard. They just picked up Pierre Thomas, who was let go by the uh, not Philadelphia by the uh, San Francisco 49ers um, a couple weeks ago, after being signing signed by them uh, for Carlos uh, Carlos Hyde. But what does that say about Chris Thomas? What does that say about a few other players? that may or may not be um, healthy for the Redskins. It says a lot. With that being said, how then do you compare Chicago Bears versus the Redskins? What you do is you have to say, okay, which team is more consistent in the important areas? And to be honest, it's the Washington Redskins. They are more consistent in the area than uh, Chicago Bears. Now, Jay Cutler has a hell of an arm, but he's also a turnover-prone uh, quarterback. And the Redskins secondary is one of the better secondaries at causing turnovers. Um, matter of fact, the brightest spot for the Redskins has been their defense. So with that being said, I believe they go to Chicago with a depleted uh, defense Chicago Bears have and a lackluster um, uh, receiving core in the winter and run the rock and win the game. Fantasy-wise, I hate to tell you this, but Deshaun Jackson, even though this is a great matchup for him, might not get the, the value that you need or want. So you might want to look elsewhere. A guy like Alan Hearns returning 
to the uh, to the gridiron might be a better play over Deshaun Jackson, who has a better matchup, mainly because of the quarterback. With that being said, fantasy-wise, I like Forte. He'll get something done and something done, but I do believe Chicago loses this game. JT. Homer. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I'm not, I know I'm you just ain't listening. talking about Homer. I didn't want to interrupt you but because you were feeling good about yourself and your Redskins, but uh, they're Deadskins after this This uh, uh, Whatever. Uh, trip, to, trip to the Windy City. Uh, Kirk Cousins hasn't thrown for more than one touchdown in any away game. You're right. They're 0-5 in road games, and Kirk Cousins uh, is plays his worst football in road games. And that's why I have to run the rock. This defense, believe it or not, and maybe in the beginning of the season when people were talking about Chicago's defense wasn't that good, their defense in, defense, in preventing fantasy points, uh, I'm talking about Chicago, is top 15 in the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and top five in preventing uh, fantasy points in the tight end position. So you say they're weak. I'm saying they're middle of the road. And even middle of the road is going to be better uh, against a team that doesn't play well, including the quarterback on the road. And I'm taking Chicago with no problem in this. All right. Let's move on. Pittsburgh goes to Cincinnati. Um, This has a very interesting twist to it, whereas Cincinnati has – they rebounded last week after a two-game slide. Pittsburgh's catching steam, but it's highly unlikely that they'll take the title of uh, the AFC North from Cincinnati. Um, but Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown have hooked up. Antonio Brown has found his uh, touch again by catching the ball. Uh, we just don't know. Uh if he's going to be that consistent because Martavius Bryant, uh, we thought was going to be that number two guy and, and pull in a lot of balls and be a threat. Well, last week it was, um, Mr. Wheaton, Mr. Wheaton stole the show. Antonio, not Antonio, um, D'Angelo Williams, D'Angelo Williams also ran the rock. Pittsburgh is looking really, really good. Their problem is their secondary as well. Their defense is good, not great or not better, but good. Um, With that being said, I got to tell you, um, Cincinnati is at home, and I think they may be ripe for an upset here. Um, Fantasy-wise, this is a very good game for you, especially if you have uh, the value um, that you need in those areas. Wide receiver, you got it on pretty much both sides. A.J. Green, there was an A.J. Green sighting. Um, But Tyler Eifert is probable for this week um, due to a neck injury. I do believe Tyler could have a very good game here, but you never know with a neck. You don't want to mess somebody up, especially when you're going to the playoffs and you're pretty much a sure win, shoe win to to go. Um, But – with uh, Jeremy Hill and, and Giovanni Bernard, I don't know. I think this is a geo game, to be honest. But if they get in short uh, yardage or goal line situations, it's going to be a, a Jeremy Hill game, which kind of sucks because he's a vulture. But I believe they're going to do that, and you might want to play him just in case. Um, I'm going to pick Pittsburgh to win this game. But to me, most of the fantasy value 
is on the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive side. I think they have four weapons that are going to get you a lot of value, especially this week. JT. The favorite team in this matchup has won the last eight times. Cincinnati is favored, uh, give or take, depending on who you go to, uh, by three points. With that being said, I'm taking Pittsburgh. All right. Let's go to a game that will feature the future of the Dallas Cowboys, Johnny Menzel. Johnny Menzel will start this game uh, versus the San Francisco 49ers, who are in a great deal of disarray. I mean, it's sad how um, the 49ers have fallen off in a year since letting go of uh, Jim Harbaugh and I believe six or seven players that were key players, key players, leaving the organization. Um, So with that being said, I don't have any fan value here other than other than Johnny Menzel running around on this defense and creating plays. Um, Now, uh, Drones is the running back for the 49ers, and he's done pretty well. Fantasy-wise, in a PPR, he's touched the rock 20 times at least, 20 times. That's points in a fantasy PPR. So he might – well, he will have a bunch of touches in this game. What he does with them, I can't guarantee you. I don't know. But those are the only real two fantasy values I have here. I don't have a a, a good read or a good uh, say for Anquan Bolden. Torrey Smith is up and down because of the quarterback play. And there's really nothing on San Fran I like. There's really nothing on Cleveland that I like. But Johnny Menzel, um, he may have a good game here. Because one, it's at home. Two, he's creative. Okay? And three, they just signed his tight end, uh, Banbridge, to an extension. So he's going to probably try to get the ball to him a lot this uh, week. We'll see. Any thoughts on this game, JT? Uh, uh, I'm about to get sick. This game's making me sick. Johnny Manziel on one side versus San Francisco defense versus Blaine Gabbard versus the Cleveland Brown defense. One team is um, four and eight, one and five on the road. That's San Francisco. The Browns are two and ten, and on a seven-game losing streak, most in the NFL. Uh, coin flip, without a doubt. Uh, and I don't like uh, I, uh, uh, Johnny Manziel. That's well documented. Uh, and I think San Francisco comes in here and gets back-to-back wins. Uh, they won against Chicago in Chicago. Now they're going to go here and beat uh, Cleveland and, and uh, uh, go home a happy team with a two-game winning streak. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, there's a lot of people banged up on both sides. I think uh, San Fran uh, takes advantage of Manziel being in the lineup more than Blaine Gabbard against Cleveland. So I like uh, – uh, San Francisco. All right, let's move on to India Jacksonville. Now, this has the potential to be a shootout, believe it or not. Uh, Matt Hasselback's coming off of uh, a very bad outing uh, last week where he just took a whooping from Pittsburgh and was knocked out of the game and uh, suffered a neck injury at 40 something years old. 
that's not good. Uh, lately, Jacksonville has turned it on. Last week they were out, Alan Hearns, um, but Alan Hearns re- returns. He, Robinson, uh, Yeldon, and Bortles are a fearsome foursome for Jacksonville. Paul Puzlesny is out of his game, so that defense is going to be missing its leader, but they're still going to be an outstanding uh, team. Uh, with that being said, I believe that you're going to see uh, Indianapolis uh, more of a passing game here because Frank Gore, even though he needs to run the rock and they should be giving him the rock, I don't know if they will against this Jacksonville's uh, defense. Jacksonville's pretty daggone good. Think about it now. Last week they got in a shootout with who? Tennessee. Now they let, they didn't let, but uh, your boy, um, Marcus Mariota, ran for an 87-yard touchdown on them. 87 yards. 40, I believe the score is like 42-39 or something like that. A very, very, very wide open game. Hasselback's not going to run for 87 yards. But uh, I'm looking for T.Y. and or uh, Moncrief to have big a big game here um, only because Houston, not Houston, Indianapolis needs to win this game. If Jacksonville wins this game, I believe Donna will be fired. And I also believe and think that Houston, I mean, uh, that Jacksonville has an actual opportunity to win the division. So they have something on the line. They're at home. I think it's going to be a shootout. I really do. And I think Jacksonville comes out with a victory. And unfortunately, Chuck Pagano is is fired after this game. Fantasy value, you got some good opportunities here, ladies and gentlemen. Good opportunities. Hearns, uh, uh, Bortles, Yeldon, um, Robinson, you got it all there in Jacksonville. Houston, I mean, Indianapolis, <sighs> shaky. Shaky, especially if I'm not sure that Hasselback is going to finish the game. Different story if it's Andrew Luck. But it's not. JT. I like um, Indianapolis in this. <clears throat> I know that everyone's probably picking Jacksonville because Jacksonville's Fab Five, which includes Julius Thomas. And yeah, I forgot about Julius. And then a four-metric guy that uh, Victor mentioned. Um, still find a way to win this game. Uh, I still think that Wiley Veteran is going to play dealing with uh, neck and rib injuries. Uh, and, but I think he's going to uh, um, gut it out and be able to get a win against a very porous Jacksonville defense. So and I think Jacksonville loses this. Indianapolis comes away with a win. All right, let's go to Kansas City hosting San Diego. San Diego's all hurt. I mean, they're down to their number four wide receiver being their number one wide receiver. Uh, Michael Floyd at age 33, 34. Malcolm. Say again? Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah, Malcolm Floyd. Yes. I know you ain't trying to correct somebody's names the way you were handling people's names earlier in the show. (laughs) But anyway, um, San Diego's offense is abysmal. It is. It's just, I know... In the beginning of the year, Philip Rivers had to throw for like 
500 yards every game, and he couldn't sustain it. His receivers were getting hurt um, and are out, as a matter of fact. Uh, Antonio Gates is the only healthy one of the of the bunch. Uh, Danny uh, Woodhead might have to play a lot of receiver in the slot this game um, because Melvin Gordon, we talked about it a lot early on in the season. He's not – he's Wisconsin back, product of a system. Now, they go to Kansas City where that secondary has stepped up big time. As of late, uh, Kansas City's secondary has only allowed, I believe, 4.4 or close to six yards of reception, um, and that's on big-name receivers, not the four-string receiver now forced to play number one. It's not going to happen, even though uh, concept and design of plays will get this receiver open for uh, for Phillip Rivers. But how many times can he get open and catch the the rock and make something big happen? I don't think it's going to be a lot. You got Eric Berry, Branch, and the rest of those guys back there, along with the front seven of Kansas City at home in the winter where it's miserable and raining in St. Louis. I don't know what the forecast is going to be uh, for this game, but it's going to be rough. Kansas City um, – they're peaking at the right time. They're not making a lot of noise, but they're peaking at the right time. Um, I think if you're looking for Khalees to come out and have a big game, you will not be disappointed. Jeremy Macklin may even get into the end zone again from a pass from Alex Smith. It's amazing. He has two pass downs to receivers this year. Amazing. He's looking for number three. Um, Fantasy-wise, everything's on Kansas City side. Play them, play them if you got them. Uh, get the points because this is an easier game than anything. I know it's a division game and all that, but Kansas City's in the dumps. Um, I have, I mean, not Kansas. San Diego's in the dumps. Um, I have Kansas City winning this game very easily and fantasy value on the Kansas City side. Go ahead, JT. San Diego's abysmal. Sorry, uh, they were just playing out the season. Uh, and seeing where they're going to be uh, located either next year or year before. Uh, this is an easy game for um, Kansas City. I like Kansas City. All right. Uh, let's go to Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do it to you, not today. But Tennessee takes on the Jets. Um, so let's be honest. Marriott is a very good quarterback, but Todd Bowles is going to probably blitz about 60 or 70% of the time in this game. I believe Revis returns this week. So he and Cromartie are going to have, in my opinion, an easy day covering the receivers of Tennessee. Now, can Tennessee cover Delaney Walker? I do not know. The Jets are going to have to cover Delaney Walker if they hope to uh, – I think they can pitch a shutout. I'll be honest. I think the Jets can pitch a, a shutout versus Tennessee because it's at home. And uh, Fitzpatrick has been on fire. 
You know, he and Brandon Marshall have hooked up a lot. Eric Decker has gotten into the picture a lot. They've combined for, I believe, 23, 24 touchdowns with those two alone. Um, this is also a position in the playoffs. If Fitzpatrick's out there and you're in need of a spot start, especially in the playoffs or going to the playoffs, this is a, a, a team or, or a game that you should have an opportunity to gain plenty of points at the quarterback position. Um, again, Tennessee does not have that great of a defense. Last week they got in a shootout with Jacksonville. Um, and not saying Jacksonville isn't any good, but if you compare the Jets' offense versus Jacksonville's offense by skill position, the Jets win hands down. And they are executing on a high level the past couple of weeks versus stiff competition. So I have the Jets winning this game. Only fantasy value on Tennessee side, Delaney Walker. That's uh, the Jets can't, you know, uh, cover him. Offensively for the Jets, go get Fitzpatrick if you can. Just stash him. For whatever reason, the guy's hot. And he has an easier schedule towards the end of the season. You know, Brandon Marshall's catching the rock. Decker's catching the rock. The only question is, is it going to be Chris Ivory, Shane Vereen, or Bilal Powell running the rock? That's the only question. Um, but we'll see what happens in that area. But I have the Jets winning this game. So, Jerry, talk about your Jets. Jerry. I'm here. I went for you to talk about the Jets. Oh, the, the Jets? Not my Jets. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, your the, Jets. I wasn't yeah. going to say anything. You said the, my, my Jets, and I don't know about anything about my Jets. That's why I didn't say anything. I'm not still not oh. saying anything. On. Dude, we're talking about the Jets versus the, the Titans. So talk about yeah. – I mean, let, let me put it this way. Let's talk about the game of your Jets versus the Titans. We'll go there. Because I'll just clam up. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, oh, do the little baby. Okay. Hey, it's the Jerry Jinx, and you know it's real. So, since Jerry doesn't want to talk about the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 let's move on to Buffalo. It's an irrelevant game. This, this is an irrelevant game to me. Uh, it's, an, it's a no-brainer to Tennessee's one of the worst teams in the league. Um, they only won two games. Uh, the Jets are in playoff contention. No brainer, the Jets. At home, Ryan Fitzpatrick and company are extremely hot. Let's move on to a relevant game. <laughs> All right, Buffalo or Philadelphia. Shady goes back to Philadelphia. And you talked about this matchup and these two players on the crew show this past Thursday. Um I really think this is going to be a game because Rex Ryan is that type of coach. He's going to showcase Shady McCoy big time in this game. I really think he is. Uh, Now, with Philadelphia's secondary being what it is, that could spell a lot of uh, trouble for their secondary with uh, Tyrod Taylor. Because if they're going to focus in on Shady, Tyrod Taylor is going to escape the pocket and either run for a first down touchdown or he's going to find Sammy Watkins 
or he's going to find uh, uh, Wood or somebody else um, when he escapes the pocket. It's very easily put um, a very dangerous game for a team that just came off a, a big victory over the Patriots. Uh, their special team showed up. Their uh, defense was decent. And even though you know, Murray didn't get the rock that many times, they still found a, a way to win. Uh, Matthews returns after, you know, being sidelined a couple weeks with the injury. But this is this is a Buffalo victory, in my uh, opinion. Fantasy value only lies on the side of Buffalo, in my opinion. I don't think Bradford is worth anything. Um, I don't think that Murray, even though, as you said, set beside Jeffrey Lurie and may or may not have asked for more touches. And I even saw one rumor uh, that was by it was put in a publication that said DeMarco Murray's hoping that Philadelphia cuts him so he can go back to Dallas. Of course, it was a Dallas-based – yeah, it is. It was a Dallas-based uh, news reporter that, that put the article together. But nevertheless, I don't see – unless Bradford lines up or, or yeah lines up behind under the center – I don't see them exploiting the talents of DeMarco Murray that much, especially in this game. It's a home game. And, you know, Chip needs to do that. He needs to. I don't see it happening, though. I believe, again, all the fantasy values in Buffalo. Your thoughts? Buffalo. Philly is uh, – they're, they're, they're one of the worst teams on defense. Buffalo is not that much better. They're middle of the pack. I expect this team this game to be, believe it or not, high scoring with uh, Buffalo coming out on top, uh, in my opinion, uh, because of um, the running game versus Philly and um, the three-headed, or if you want to call a monster, but three, three-headed dysfunctional monster, let me put it that way. Um, I, I like Buffalo in this game. Plain and all right, we got about three minutes left to lie there. We're going to get to the remaining six games, but we're going to do some in overtime. Um, but tune in on Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Magic Plan with JTATM Money uh, as he gives you his keys to the fantasy weekend as he prepares you for your playoff run. Uh, again, you can compare what he says on the master plan to what he predicted uh, at the beginning of the season over at spotonradios.com and click on the fantasy banner and uh, you'll see what he predicted for uh, the... One doesn't necessarily equate to the other. Come on, you know... <laughs> Don't, better, listen. Better than anybody. Come on. Hey, Stop. hey, hey. Stop. I'm trying to get people over to our page. I want to yeah, get people okay. over to the page. Because I'm about to talk about my predictions as well. Uh, now, I didn't have all gems for the fantasy IDPs, but there are quite a few up there I was I was spot on with. You know, I'm just going to put that out there. Quite a few. But anyway. Sounds like somebody's 
horn and, and, and trying to downplay others. But that's okay. No, I'm uh, not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I wouldn't do that to you. Mr. Edison. That's okay. That's all right. I, <laughs> I try to be. I can deal with it. That's all right. All right. All right. So anyway, JT18 Money Catch him at 10 o'clock tomorrow for that. We're going to go in overtime and finish up these games with a uh, another game that really doesn't seem like it's going to be that important. But fantasy-wise, for your playoffs, it will be. I'm talking about Detroit at St. Louis. St. Louis fired their offensive coordinator. Uh, Jeff Fisher looks like he's going to be out of a job. Detroit has righted the ship, but it might be too little, too late. Uh, Megatron, I think he's going to have a big game in this game. But the guy that needs to for a lot of fantasy owners is Golden Tate. Amir Abdullah could conceivably have a, a big game because the big guy in the middle for St. Louis, Mr. Quinn, he's out again. If you notice... In the, in the past couple games, when Quinn has not played, St. Louis has stunk up the joint. Really, they have stunk up the joint. Todd Gurley hasn't got the ball more than, what, 15 uh, to 16, I mean, 15 to 18 times a game. Big mistake, in my opinion. Say again? That's one reason why the OC was fired. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you, don't, you know you don't have – the best quarterback in there. You know your receivers aren't that great, but you have a very talented offensive line and running back. Run the rock. Give him the ball 30 times if you have to, but it is what it is. Um, So in this game, even though it's in St. Louis, it's on AstroTurf, and that tells me Megatron, Golden Tate, especially if Abdullah finds an open scene, he's going to be gone. If you also notice... Drake Bell has been pretty much phased out of the offense. Theo Riddick and Abdullah are the main backs now. Um, I'm not sure if either have that great of fantasy value, but for this game, I believe Abdullah should get he should get off, meaning he should have a excellent game uh, for your fantasy uh, playoff push. If you need a back. Because one of your backs are injured or you're tired of the two-headed running back monster. AP disappointed you over the past couple of weeks. He surely disappointed me. Uh, or a, a back that you had in the past is uh, underperforming. This is an opportunity. If he's on the waiver wire, go get Abdullah. Uh, and you should be pleasantly surprised because he has an uptick in carries. Uh, and plus, he's on special teams as well. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I still don't trust him, but in this game, I think he'll do well. Again, another spot start in your playoff push, in my opinion. Detroit. Mm, JT? I like Detroit in this game. I can't see how, um, unfortunately, um, St. Louis can generate that much offense. I have uh, Gurley in one league, and hopefully he does something. But um, they struggle to get points on the board, and whereas in Detroit, they've been um, um, playing a lot better. Um, and they should have won the game last week, but uh, for the uh, um, Hail, Hail Mary, one of those passes that ten out of uh, uh, one out of ten time it works. 
and that one time Detroit uh, uh, was unlucky enough to have it happen to them. So um, otherwise they would be on a three or four game winning streak. So I'm taking Detroit in this game. And probably a low scoring game, but I still take Detroit. All right. Let's move on to a game that actually could be very entertaining. Um, early on in the season, young Jameis Winston went to New Orleans. Ooh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, Ooh. Jesus. <laughs> wait a minute. You, you, did you wake up? Did you get a shot of, of, yeah, of latte or something? This Because you know why? Early, early, and, and people who listening to this show, <laughs> if you've been listening to this show, someone, some one of us oh, has been back Winston as being a bust, and that's his exact words. He is a yeah, bust. I did say that. I did say that. Jameis Winston has been. But do you see how I'm owning that? Out. But do you see how I'm owning balling it? Out. I'm I'm owning it though. Balling out. He is. He no. Is, he, he no, is he has coming. not been balling out. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He's been, he's been doing well. He's been doing extremely well. Well, one of the one of one of one of in fact, it's not the best rookie quarterback this year. No, he's not the best rookie quarterback this year. He's not. He's his, statistics, so. his statistics don't show that. Let me, let me, he, let has me ask wor- you he has let worse statistics you. than let Mariota. Let me ask you something. Okay. Let me ask you something. Uh, come on. Um, come on. Hurry up. Ask it. What's the record of the okay. Tennessee and the um, playoff contending Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Oh my God! Uh, technically, they are contending, but they're not really. Um, listen, I, I get it. The records are all well and good. However, if you're doing a quarterback comparison, numbers-wise, Mariota has better numbers in all the categories. I believe they have a tie in, in quarterback rating, though. But who's winning? Mariota has the better numbers. Who's winning more games? That's the bottom line. Yeah, the the defense of Tampa Bay has stepped up for for him. But let's get, let's get to remember we don't have much time. Let's let's break down this game. Well, let's yeah, break down okay. this game. Now, but, now we want to get away from the obvious. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. I made my point. I made my listen, point. Listen, I made you it. didn't have to make a point. Come I was on. about to be self. I was going to be self deprecating. I was going to be self deprecating, but of course let's, you let's, couldn't let's, allow that. It's over. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. So, so New Orleans goes to Tampa Bay, right? Um, Drew Brees had probably his best game of the year last week, um, but now he he's without Snead. He's without Mark Ingram, um, and Hightower looks to be the starting running back for New Orleans. Not C.J. Spiller, but Tim Hightower. Uh, they only have, I believe, two or three healthy running backs on the team. Uh, so Tim Hightower looks to get the bulk of the carries and be impactful against a Tampa Bay defense that struggles to stop the run. They're pretty good versus the pass, but they stop the run pretty. Uh, they don't stop the run that well. Uh, but Drew Brees has uh, refound Marcus Colston, um, Coleman. Coleman, uh, Brandon Coleman looks like he might be in line for a very big game. Uh, 
Uh, we'll see what happens in that area. But Jameis Winston, um, he has found a way to find Mike Evans. He still doesn't like Vincent Jackson for some reason. I don't know why. Can't answer that question. But he gets a weapon back this week in Austin Safarian Jenkins, a guy that has been missing for quite some time due to injury. Doug Martin has been balling for Tampa Bay. He is the reason why Tampa Bay has been winning, not Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has been a beneficiary of play action pass, has Slow been down. a beneficiary of – Slow down. Wait a minute. I'm try, Slow down. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Has been to help a beneficiary. You. I'm trying to help you oh, my because goodness. you said Doug Baldwin, not Doug Martin. I'm trying oh, to help you. Oh, thank you. you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Okay. Doug okay. Martin. Doug Martin. Okay. Jameis Winston has been a beneficiary of Doug Martin's running game. Doug Martin's trying to find a job in the NFL next year. So, of course, he's going to run harder, and he has. He's been producing. But Jameis Winston has been a great beneficiary of the run game, something that we talk about all the time as well as other football um, analysts is the best friends of a young quarterback is a strong run game and a tight end. Well, Jameis has had that in the past couple weeks, a strong run game to help him, and now he's getting his tight end back. Um, As I said earlier, Tampa Bay went to New Orleans and won surprisingly beat up on New Orleans in the Dome. Now they come back home to Tampa Bay. Uh, Jameis is riding at high. He's been doing pretty well the last couple weeks. Again, all predicated on the run game. And New Orleans, they had a collapse. They came out on fire versus uh, Carolina, and then they collapsed. I don't think Drew Brees and company collapses in this game. I actually think this is going to be a very close game. Um, fantasy value, of course, I'm going to tell you play Drew Brees. Uh, but surprisingly, I'm going to tell you play Jameis Winston as well. Uh, because I do believe that Doug Martin, who should be, whatever, Doug Martin, who should be in your fantasy lineup if you have him, he should not be on waivers at all. If he is, your league is whack, and I need to join it so I can win it. Um, but Doug Martin's going to have a very good game here, which translates to Jameis Winston and Mike Evans having a good game. See how they go hand in hand? But I'm going to pick New Orleans. I'm going to pick New Orleans to exact revenge and win this game. Go ahead, JT. The only leagues that Vic can win are whack leagues. So, so if they, if, <laughs> he can't win them. If you're in the league with Vic and you're, it's a whack league, then uh, quite naturally he may have the upper hand. Oh, really? So is that what you're saying about Yahoo and ESPN? Gotcha. Speaking okay. Of having, speaking of have the upper hand, um, you're going down in both those, man. You're, you're trending down in both. I keep on telling you the same thing. We got three games. Let's go. You're trending down in both both leagues, and you 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 just oh my goodness don't want to come to reality. But the reality is, come on, is going to win this at home. Relax. I'll, I'll get I get around to it. Relax. Go ahead. Usually, <laughs> usually put me down. That's okay. You Jet fan. All right. So Oakland goes to Denver. Um, now, ladies and gentlemen, this is my upset of the week. 
This is my absolute upset of the week. Oakland goes into Denver and beats them by 10 points. Latavius Murray is going to get this rock about 30 times. Okay? Michael Crabtree, he found a partner with Dave. Um, uh, Amari Cooper has actually played second fiddle to Crabtree, which, as he should, because he's the rookie, and uh, but both have been very effective. Uh, Oakland has, has been very surprising. Denver, without Peyton Manning, has become a one-trick pony, and one of those ponies just might not play. And it hurts me because C.J. Anderson has been coming on as of late, but he couldn't, he couldn't finish a game last week because of his ankle and foot, and there's a chance that he might not play this game, uh, leaving the ball to Ronnie Hillman and, uh, and Thompson, the other running back. And Hillman is a little nicked up. Osweiler is not getting the ball to his receivers. It's a lot of dink and dunks and pray. Um, they've been winning very close games lately because of their defense. Uh, their offense, for the most part of the year, has been non-existent. But at least when Peyton was there, uh, they were fantasy value, big fantasy value for Emmanuel Sanders, uh, for Bebe Julius, not Julius, um, Demarius Thomas, and everybody else. But right now, there isn't much fantasy value there. Not unless you get the running back. I'm, I'm just telling you. And I think that's going to hurt a lot of fantasy owners. I was one of them for the past couple weeks, and I had a debate. Do I start Emmanuel Sanders, or do I go with Alan Hearns in one of my leagues? That's and I decided no to go with Alan Hearns. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Well, yeah. I mean, if if Peyton Manning was there, it would be a tougher choice. No, it wouldn't. It definitely. No, yes, it would. Because at least you know. It wouldn't. It would not. Well, if, if you know anything it, about fantasy, the 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 highest scoring duo with the most yardage, uh, in um. Boyles and Hearns got it. It's Hearns and uh, Robinson. So those that but, that duo. Of um, uh, wide receivers is far and above anything that Emmanuel Sanders could do. It, it's a no-brainer. Especially going to well, no, 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 no. It is, it is, it is somewhat of a of a a thinking. That's why you lose, and that's why I don't. Whatever. Well, that's why you're not going to win anything this year. But yep. the the thing is, at least you knew that Emmanuel Sanders was going to get the targets. What? When Peyton Manning was there. Hurts right it, now. Hurts it, hurts it, hurts no, listen, I'm not comparing. Listen, kidding I'm me? not. Com- listen to what I'm trying to tell you, and stop being a negative Nancy. You, I'm talking about the quarterbacks throwing the ball to the particular receiver. Brock Osweiler does not throw the rock that much. Therefore, there are limited opportunities for Emmanuel Sanders. With Peyton Manning under center, you know that. Emmanuel Sanders will get at least seven to ten targets in a game. Okay? That's the difference that I'm trying to show you. But you're not thinking because you just want to say, oh, hey, well, look, no, they're look, better, better. Look, 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 don't don't stop talking down to me, please. I, you, I am. You, you don't you don't know you don't know what you're talking about, but that's okay. What? That's Are right. you kidding me? You can look at the stats. Okay. Look at the stats. 
You can tell when Peyton Manning's in, who gets the most targets? Emmanuel Sanders. Is that a, is that a, a, a false well, statement? Put, is that what you're saying? Let me put it this way. Um, whether Peyton Manning is in or not, whether he is, he's in, he does. He he probably get the same amount as, uh, and I don't have it in front of me as Alan Hearns or Alan Robinson because they're targeted Correct. heavily. heavily. Correct. So Correct. So, so regardless of what you're talking about, there is no way. Even if Peyton Manning was in there, I would go with Peyton Manning versus Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns, I think, has got uh, more touchdowns uh, than than most most wide receivers in the league. So, and he's what, the second. But- and he's a second, second wide receiver. He's a wide receiver uh, behind uh, Allen Robinson. So, they well, so is Emmanuel Sanders. So is Emmanuel Sanders. They throw a lot more. Even when Peyton Manning in there, they throw a lot more. Blake Bortles throws a lot more than Peyton Manning when he was in there. So, um, that that's that part is... of their out throwing the ball down the field. And Blake Bortles loves to throw the ball down the field to those with two wide receivers. And it doesn't really All make right. too much. Well, that's why, listen, the comparison is, do you play, well, and not we shouldn't even be talking about Jacksonville because uh, that's not the thing, but I was comparing why it would be a tough decision because you have a receiver. Well, I mean, that's you. You know, if I'm looking at a guy coming back off of a concussion and knowing he's going to get target, yes, but there's a chance he could, probably not finish the game because he'll get hit again and get knocked out versus a person who uh, is heavily targeted when his starting quarterback is Peyton Manning. I think there's a dilemma there. I really do. If you can only start one of the two, because you, you have to consider everything, not just, Oh, well, he's been this, he's been that. No, no, he's coming off of a concussion. Whereas if he's hit Again, and it gives his bell rung. He's out of the game, and you got to you got to keep that in mind. That's with any wide receiver, you know. But you, yeah. I mean, he, but who, who has the worst he, chance of doing he, it though? If he's cleared to play, he he he, he must be okay, all right. If he's cleared to play, otherwise uh, they dude. they go through a lot of um, checks and balances. Protocols. Before, yeah. he, he before he's even put on the field to practice. And they still go through checks and balances. I think one one last is a neurological or something, uh, a neurological test to make sure that he's able to play before the game starts. I think the day before the game. So uh, um, what I'm saying is this. If it was me, it would be a no-brainer. If I had a choice between Emmanuel Sanders and Alan Hearns, and I saw Emmanuel Sanders is playing against Oakland versus Alan Hearns playing against uh, Indianapolis, it's a no-brainer. Alan Hearns all the way. I I, I wouldn't even think about it twice. Well, again, the thing is, if I'm looking at Peyton Manning with Emmanuel Sanders and seeing what they've done versus the Raiders, who doesn't have the best secondary, it's a tougher choice. And I'm looking at the statistics now. Oh, my God. Here we go. Indianapolis. Well, this is this. You, you want to talk numbers? I'll talk numbers. Indianapolis is 30th against preventing fantasy points against the wide receiver position. You want to know what Oakland is? You want to know what Oakland is in, in, in that same category? In preventing points? Why are we talking Oakland, about Indianapolis? 
because I'm, what I'm trying to get to you, it's a no-brainer to play Alan Hearns versus Emmanuel Sanders. Preventing fantasy points against the wide receiver position, um, I'm talking about the Oakland defense. They're, they're top 15. They're number 12. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. That's no, 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 no. In this situation, listen, listen, Jerry, again. You gotta be right. I just gave you numbers, and you still think no. I'm wrong. Okay. Jerry, I didn't say I didn't say you were wrong. In this situation, yes, no I agree with you. Did you hear me even say I started? Even Jerry. if even if, oh, even if Peyton's oh playing, God. that's what I'm trying to tell you. It doesn't nah. make a difference. No, nah, I if think Peyton's it does. Playing, it doesn't make a difference. Peyton's been throwing picks all over the place. It doesn't make a difference against the wide receiver position. Oakland is number twelve in preventing fantasy points compared that- to in Indianapolis. It's a no-brainer. It, it It is a no-brainer now that we're talking about Osweiler. But if it's Peyton, I think you have to consider it. But anyway, as I said, Oakland wins this game. <laughs> I think Jerry is so frustrated. I say definitely. <laughs> it's obvious numbers that anybody just thinking about it, even if you don't have the numbers you're saying, okay, Indianapolis defense at home. Uh, um, Oakland is playing uh, against um, Denver, and Denver's playing at home. Even if they had um, um, Peyton. Peyton. Uh, no, I think I'd go with Denver's Hearns. at home, too. That's a, that's a, no, yeah, Denver's at uh, home, too. What are you talking about? I, yeah, I know. I said at Denver. I said at Denver. I said, uh, okay. I think i I'll go with Hearns. It's an easier matchup, and uh, Oakland's defense is a little tougher against the. In fact, that's one of the best things they they defend. They defend against the wide receiver position better than any other uh, part of of uh, skill positions. So it's a no. But, and, and, and I'm telling you that Emmanuel and Bebe are pretty daggone good. So you, they are going against the record. Going against now you're, going now against you're, San Diego. Oh, I don't want to listen. Receivers, if you, I if don't Demer- want to do that. Well, see, see, Victor, Victor you're, you're you're twisting this. For your- I didn't. I, I'm saying <laughs> a better matchup is against a weaker defense in that position. That's the better matchup. Listen, listen. When a wide receiver can take advantage of that, not against the wide I- receiver that's going against a stronger secondary. That's that's um, that's a mismatch. that's a difficult mismatch, and, and you're really uh, uh, rolling the dice versus having a uh, seven come up more times than not when you go with Hearns against a defense that doesn't defend against the wide receivers that well. Now, now listen, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. What I'm saying is, if if I have Peyton Manning, and I know that he's targeting my guy seven to ten times a game and I can only play one. Okay? Okay. I'm going okay. with Manning. I'm going with Manning over Bortles okay. in those right. situations. Yeah, he that's had, all he I'm had, saying. Does he have more inter- interceptions and oh touchdowns this Doesn't he have more interceptions and touchdowns this year? Hey, I'm rolling the dice, right? I'm rolling yeah, the dice. It's gonna come up that guy's Snake eyes. Oh, Jesus. Let's go, go on ahead. to the next game. 
Let's, I'm trying Let's to do that a while ago, but you wouldn't listen. But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Da- you had to bring up stats. You had to bring up stats. Dallas goes to Green Bay. So this is the revenge game, so to speak, for Dallas because they're going to bring up the non-catch, which actually, by definition, well, that's what I'm saying. By definition, it wasn't a catch. Uh, but um, I can understand – the catch. Say again? What did you say? Everybody watched it other than the officials that were on the field knew it was a catch. <laughs> well, I, me being me, I, I would say yes and no. <clears throat> because he caught the ball. He caught mm-hmm. the ball, but in the process of going to the ground, according to the rules, the ball can't move. But the ball's going to move a little bit. It's going to move a little, especially when you're coming down and it's gonna hit that hard turf. It's, it's gonna it's gonna move a little bit. Oh Jesus! Let me ask you something. Go All ahead. Right, if you if you watch that play carefully, if you watch it carefully, the definition was at the time, um, two hands. Uh, I mean, uh, control of, of the ball. Um, I think uh, two feet down, and then you have to make a football move after that. Am I right about that? Yes. Okay, so if you looked at the play, and I looked at the play, I looked at the play at, at, at the regular motion first, and I knew it was a catch. And when I saw it uh, in slow motion, it, it verified what I saw when I first watched it, watched it. If you look at he caught the ball, two feet, one, two on the ground, and then he lunged, lunged, stretching out his arm with the football in his arm for the goal line. To me, that's a football move. And they said it was a catch. It wasn't a catch because he didn't come down with it completely when he hit the ground. That's BS. That's a catch to me. So, I, so I'm not a fit. What can I tell you? Well, uh, with that, I believe now, the ball came catch, loose. Catch, which was bull BS. But, yeah, well, it is what it is. But I, I believe Dez did. I think that ball came loose when he hit the ground, too. And it could have been, if I'm not mistaken, because I don't remember seeing it, that it fumbled, that he fumbled through the end zone, right? No. Did it fu- no. He, okay. He, the ball came okay. loose, and he after that, he, he, he grabbed it with both hands. But it was still. Okay. But in, in the motion, okay. he's, going, he's going forward. He catches the ball. He hits one, one foot down, comes down two foot. As he comes down with the second foot. foot he two, two foot, the second foot up. Okay? Two feet, two feet. Two feet. I'm sorry, thank you. And, and and then he makes a football move by extending his arms out with his from his body for the goal line. And when the ball when it when he hits the ground, quite naturally the ball's in front of him. It hits the ground, pops up, and then he puts his other hand over it to grab it. And they said it's a no catch, which is absolutely. Well, because I, when I first saw it in in regular motion, I saw thought it was a catch. When I saw it in slow motion, like I said, it reaffirmed what I saw originally. But they called it a no catch. I couldn't believe it. I don't. I'm so confused now because I've seen so many catches that weren't catches and catches and no catches that were catches this year. I have no idea what a catch is. I have well, no idea we, what a catch is. I, 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 I can I can testify to that, but. At any rate, you've got a game here. Yes. That, no, not really. Well, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Not really. 
Not really. Listen, I, I, I think you do because Green Bay has been struggling. If not for that, and, and again, we're talking about the, the Detroit versus Green Bay game. Uh, number 98 for Detroit did swipe the face mask with his hand, even though it wasn't a, a face mask. He did swipe it. No, it was a and face that's mask. Considered, he, he grabbed it and t- released it real quick. But yeah, it, I understand what yeah. you're saying. So that could be considered hands to the face. Either way, it's a penalty. And the game sure. can't end on a penalty. Can't end defensive. on a defensive penalty. Defensive so they, penalty, yeah. they won with a Hail Mary pass to end the game. Okay. Crazy. For Crazy. the first half, yeah, for the first half of the game, Green Bay could do nothing. Nothing. And I believe they said Eddie Lacy didn't start because he had missed curfew uh, the night before. Killed me. I, I didn't know that. Killed me. I'm thinking well, he started yeah. a lineup and only get one point from him. That killed me, man. I was on because a lot of people. On, 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 in one team, uh, I was in a six, six seven-game winning streak in one league. Top seed going into the last week before the playoffs. Thought I had an easy win over a team that I didn't think was going to make the playoffs. One, the 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 uh, perfect storm happened to me last week. Uh, uh, um, Eddie Lacy gets me one point, which is crazy. Todd Gurley gets me what four points, uh, three points, something like that. Um, and uh, um, the Carolina Panthers have their worst game of the year and get me minus two. That killed me last week. Well. Yeah, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, so that's right. I still have the number one seed, and I got I, I'm in the playoffs in my uh, nephew's league. So that's so you know what, you know what that you are so hypocritical because I, I'm doing pretty much the same thing. But yet, oh, your team sucks. It's gonna tank. But I'm not gonna get into that. Let's finish this Dallas Green Bay game. So, um. Again, it's a rematch in Green Bay. Um, Dez and the Cowboys are coming off a, a, a big high after beating the Redskins at home. They figured they can go on a run, but they have to beat Green Bay to stay in contention. I don't think it happens. Uh, whether Eddie Lacy starts or James Stark starts, it will not matter. Um, the, the point of the matter is Green Bay has to have a running game. They have to. One, because James Jones, Devontae Adams, and the rest of those guys are not catching the ball. And Sean Lee had the best game of his season and probably his career last week. So he's covered the tight end. He's covered the running back. So that will uh, eliminate one. McLean is coming up and hitting everything and everybody. The weak part of that secondary of Dallas is Claiborne. Whoever Claiborne is checking is where – Aaron Rodgers needs to throw the ball. Aaron Rodgers also needs to run the ball a lot in this game. I hate to say it, but they're going to have to do a couple of design rollouts for him to uh, get some people open as well as have him take off and run. Dallas is a very aggressive defense. Um, they can't just leave Rodgers in the backfield and let him uh, – not in the backfield, in the pocket and think he's going to be okay. No, not with Greg Hardy, not with uh, – uh, Randall, um, what's his name? The young kid from uh, Nebraska. Can't remember his name, but uh, you can't do that with with Aaron Rodgers. He won't finish the game if you do that. Um, so you put John Kuhn in there, 
and you let him lead block against some of these other cats and make something happen. Um, I think Dallas loses this game, and Green Bay has a false sense of hope as far as uh, they'll be the division winner of the North, but uh, false sense of hope as in winning and thinking, okay, well, we're on the right track. They're not on the right track. Something's wrong in Green Bay, but I think Dallas does not have enough with Matt Castle at quarterback, who turned over the ball three times, three times to the Redskins. Do that in Green Bay, against Green Bay, and I guarantee you there's going to be points put on the board. With that being said, JT, real quick. I like Green Bay, and just answer me, if you don't like James Jones so much, why would you pick him up in Yahoo? I didn't say I didn't like him. I didn't say I didn't like him. I didn't say that. Never uh, said that. Called your ass on that one. Hey, you can do what you want. You can do what you want. But the point is, Devontae Adams has not been catching the ball. Ty Montgomery is injured. Uh, they're, they're trying to get Janice involved. For whatever reason, they stopped throwing to James Jones like three or four times last week. I think this week he gets the rock a lot more. So, you know, I'd rather have him on the team on the team, since I have Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback, and I know he's going to throw him the ball. So that's why I got him, just to, let, just to be clear. Let's move on mm-hmm. to a game that your team desperately needs, but they're going to get Belichick. <laughs> they are going to get Belichick. Gronk may or may not play. He's questionable at this point. And the thing that hurts me is I have Gronk in a couple of leagues. And oh, in a couple of leagues. But because of my time difference, I am not going to be able to see if he's going to start the game or not. And I had to make provisions. If Scott Chandler, I mean, if Gronk plays Scott Chandler, most likely his role will get extremely reduced. And I'm going to have to swap out tight ends. But that's the thing about playing fantasy football. When you have a big player that's impactful like Gronkowski, who may or may not play, you have to roll the dice. Now, Houston, you have a problem. Yes, you are a terrible conference, maybe just as bad as the NFC East, uh, but the AFC South is just terrible. But you're in contention for the uh, division title. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, you're running up against a Tom Brady team, led team, that's lost two in a row. The last time... The Patriots lost three in a row, I believe it was 2002. That's a long time. And when your receivers aren't catching the ball, because I believe Nate Washington and Cecil Short dropped a lot of passes last week, and Hopkins didn't catch that many himself, uh, and Alpha Blue isn't running the rock, Grimes isn't running the rock, you are in trouble offensively. Defensively, if Gronk does not play, J.J. Watt and the rest of those guys, should have a decent day. Um, but if he does play, New England wins this game and Gronk gets three touchdowns. What you got, JT? No like homer. Homer. I knew I knew it. No, no, I knew no, it. No, no, no. no listen, I knew to me. It. listen to me. Listen to me. I like Houston in this game. Absolutely. The, the, New England's having trouble uh, um, it, it real, realistically scoring points. Now, right now, so they played uh, um, Philly. And Philly is one of the worst teams in defending the pass. Uh, and their defense is not all that 
Houston's a heck of a lot better uh, in, in, in a totally different tier um, playing defense than Philly. And they're playing at home. And the fact is the um, Patriots' offense of weapons are depleted. I don't think uh, Gronk is going to play. And you saw um, how they struggled to uh, get get the, the ball to uh, receivers, and they were dropping the ball. They're probably going to go to James White, use him a lot uh, as a Deion Lewis um, stand-in. Uh, Amendola is probably going to be their key receiver along with the LaFell, who seems like he doesn't know what uh, two pairs of hands on a ball is, um, and quite naturally go to their second uh, tight end, which is Scott Chandler. But I don't think that's going to be enough. They're going to be they're they're going to be pounding and rushing Tom Brady. Who knows Tom Brady better than the coach that used to coach Tom Brady in Bill O'Brien? So and they're playing at home. I like Houston uh, to 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 uh, bring up a surprise win in here. I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout, but I'm thinking it's going to be a very close game. And I like Houston in this. Has nothing to do with me being a homer. It's the fact is it's almost a perfect storm. Decent defense, not a, a elite defense, but a real decent defense against a team that has depleted options in the uh, uh, offensive uh, um, part of their game. Well, I think that you look at a Houston team that has an opportunity to uh, quite possibly, quite possibly take the lead or tie for their division. Um, they're going to be motivated. They're definitely going to be motivated for this game. Absolutely. It's at home. It is at home. So uh, I don't think it's going to be a really big or bad game for Houston, but I just think they're going to lose the game. I think it's going to be close. Uh, if Gronk does not play, they have a way better chance of winning. Amendola last week was targeted 11 times by Tom Brady. As you said, there were a lot of drops in that game as well. Um, so we'll see if that gets rectified. Last game of the weekend and for our show, the Giants take on the Dolphins. Listen, the Dolphins may be out of contention, but I think they're going to put on a show when uh, New York comes to town. Uh, Jarvis Landry and uh, Tannehill need to connect a lot more. Rasheed Matthews is not scheduled to play, which is a big hit to that Miami offense. Um, They can't figure out their running back situation. And – this late in the year, I think you're looking to play somebody just to see if you can trade them, sign them, or if you want to uh, look for somebody in the off season. That's where Miami is, in my opinion. Um, the Giants, yes, they are in contention for the NFC East title. However, they too are herky jerky, very herky jerky, and they're on the road Monday night versus a Miami Dolphins team that. I think they're going to gobble up a couple of Peyton Manning's passes. I really do. Um, I'm not sure as to a score. You mean Eli Manning, man? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm tired. I'm tired. Excuse me. Um, I'm not sure of a score, but I believe Miami is going to win this game. Fantasy value here. Of course, you've got Odell Beckham. But Ty – I don't want to get his last name wrong. I think it's Ty Green. The tight end for New York. Uh, he will tie. Is tie. Will tie. Will Thank tie. you. Thank you. Um, I believe he's going to have a decent game. Uh, 
I really do. Um, for whatever reason, Miami isn't that good at covering the tight end. I mean, they've got great linebackers. Neither the Giants. Yeah, I got that. But at least, you know, Eli throws to the tight end. Yeah. Tannehill decides. Tannehill decides he's not going to throw it to Jordan. And I'm like, he's one of the best tight ends in the league. But well, he he was, but uh, you don't use him properly. You don't deserve him. But anyway, um, I think the Giants had a good shot at winning this game. But I'm, I, their running game is so suspect, and and the pressure that Eli is gonna. I know, I know, I know, and the pressure that Eli is gonna see or should see is gonna be ridiculous. So it's going to be either a lot of over two coverage on the receivers, like one over and one under to help out, or is it going to be – well, I think this is going to be a lot of Eli on his butt getting up. I really think so. I think Miami's going to uh, lay the smack of down and fantasy value only see Jarvis Landry or team defense. That's what I got, JT. Wrap up the show for me. You got two two wide receivers that went to the same school, real good friends with each other, are two outstanding wide receivers for each uh, for their respective teams. I'm talking about Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Each one of them have huge egos. This is the first time that these two guys have been going against each other on opposite teams. I think they're going to try to put on a show. Um, that's probably the only part. Part of each offense you want to see is Odell Beckham and, and see what he does, uh, and, and Jarvis Landry on, uh, for the Miami Dolphins. Um, with, th- with that, um, and it, this is a toss game for me. It's a pick 'em game, I think, for most most uh, 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 Las Vegas analysts. Um, Giants are two and four away. Uh, the Dolphins are two and three at home. That tells me it's a pick 'em game. Tough to pick. I don't like Eli Manning, uh, especially when, with a pass rush that like Miami has. I've got to take Miami. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. JT said he's going to take Miami. Well, that's going to conclude week 14 of the NFL uh, review, along with the Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo fight. Um, tomorrow, 10 a.m. Come on out. He's just standing- Go ahead, go ahead. Yes, turn, tune in tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, with me, JT, a.k.a. The Master, is going to break down the matchups for your first weekend of playoffs for most people, and fantasy-wise, each game, I'm going to break down every matchup that I can possibly, plus the fact is, if you don't have somebody, maybe I can give you an a, a insert to put into whatever uh, weakness that you have in, in your lineup. Tune in, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, The Master Plan. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to get out of here. I want to say thanks to my co-host, JTATM Money. Always give him a hard time because he gives me a hard time. And, you know, he deserves it most of the time anyway. Oh, boy. But I got to get ready to get some shut-eye because it's 4 a.m. No, excuse me, it's 5 a.m. Yeah, screw you, dude. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And plus, I got to get up and do another 10-page paper for my master's, man. I got one class left. And they even call me Master Gardener. 
And I can't yep. wait to make you call me Master Gardener. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll never be Master Gardener. <laughs> yes, I will be, damn it. By this yeah. May, by my birthday, I will be known okay. as Master Gardener. Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, mm-hmm. I want to thank everybody for listening to the program. And uh, look, we'll be back next week. We'll we'll be talking again. And next week, we're going to talk about our matchups. Playoffs. Playoffs. And if Jerry happens to be the number two seed, which I'm glad he is because now he has a harder uh, first-round opponent, and he'll probably see me in the second round. Uh, that'll be week 15 or 16. Yeah, week 16. Um, you know, we'll talk trash. We'll make a wager. And, of course, I'll win. Setting up the, where where he wants to sit in the seating and, and trying to tank games—that's slime ball work. How is that that's, slime? That is strategy. That, that's strategy. Slime ball, slime ball work. He be, step up, be a man, and and and, and put <laughs> each week, and don't even think about tanking. So, oh, I don't want to play him. I don't want to even be close to him. He may hey. knock me out out of the first round. Come on, hey. man. Dude, dude, it's yeah. strategy. Yeah, it's, for okay. the, it's, it's for the yeah, title. That's slime ball talk. <sighs> such hate, such hate. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. We're about to get out of here. Anything you want to say before we go away? Peace, slime ball. Well, I got to be a slime ball, geriatric one. We're out. Fantasy sports and politics. So take a step back before I get all up in your face I know you got to live, you know I got mine But there's like 50 yeah. other dudes holding on the phone line Your voice will be heard, sir Next caller, please And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree We talking fantasy, sports, and politics